so wonderful to be back in this great south land of the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I'm telling you, you guys are well aware you locked your borders, but we know that too. I tried to come here a few times the last couple of years, and it just didn't happen. And uh, I remember standing here in 2020, well, not in this building, but ministering here in Tasmania and Victoria and also in uh, Adelaide. And I remember beginning of 2020, remember if anyone heard me preach in those days, January, February 2020, and I, I remember getting up saying, in 2020, it's going to be a season of release. God's going to release us. And I was convinced God was going to back us from heaven, and we're going to get this outpouring and this open doors, and we're going to go where God's called us to go. And, and I went back to my, the United States where I live, and I landed on the shores there, and probably a week later, the whole world shut down. And some of you dared text me and say, hey, how's that, locked, uh, how's that uh, release happening? And how does that look? And I, I was very quickly to say, well, I've never claimed to be a prophet anyway. <laughs> but I wanted to say this, looking in hindsight. We have been released from a whole lot of stuff. That we, God's people, the church globally have been running with been doing, been hoping God's in it, been busy getting on with stuff and trusting and believing that God's been in it. And at the time when it all shut down, perhaps we all had to realize, perhaps not everything we're doing was actually from God. And uh, I certainly didn't see this happening, but I want to tell you this, it's been the most painful season, I'm sure, for you as for me but it's probably been the most liberating season because God's released us from things, but not just for the sake of releasing us from, but more importantly, to release us into greater things. God is not a God who just takes away. I listen to guys who talk that in their theology. I'm just saying biblically they're wrong. God doesn't just take for the sake of taking. God removes and takes things from in order to bring us into some greater things. And this isn't hype, this is biblical, this is right. And I, I want to tell you that shaking reveals what we are anchored to. And I think there's some crazy things that have been happening. And it's not an Aussie thing or a Kiwi thing, it's a global thing. Uh, God has allowed some things to be shaken. God is the God who shakes. And He shakes it up to show us what's kingdom and what's not. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the pain of it all, I'm grateful this side of eternity that He's revealed what's not kingdom to us. So we actually can fix it and adjust it and address it rather than give our lives to something and our families and our, our everything and only one day to get to heaven and realize actually the stuff we gave our lives to didn't really matter. And so I'm grateful to the Lord in His grace and His mercy that He shakes it up and reveals again and gets us back to what really matters. And so, well done. I want to say that to you. Now, I mean that. Well done to you who've stayed the course. Even if you've had some shaking, and we all have, the church has been shaken. I think the nations have been shaken. God's not done shaking, but the shaking has happened. And I want to say to you, well done. I mean that. Well done for staying the course. Well done for serving Jesus through this crazy season. Well done for pressing in and finding what it's all about and coming back to the things that really matter. My nation in the United States, 35,000 churches shut down through COVID and will never open again. 35,000. That's a lot of churches. That's a lot of people who just said, that's it. I'm done. 
I don't want to be part of this thing anymore. And they walked away. Pastors who shut the doors said they're never coming back. And I don't throw rocks at them. I don't want to speak bad of them. It's probably a good thing that happened. And the reason it's a good thing is because position-led churches will fall aside. People who had to ask themselves, is there something else I can do? I ask myself that every single day for two and a half years. Is there something else I can do? Well, then I better go and do it. But those of us who came back to there's nothing else I can do, this is what I'm on this planet to do. This is why I'm here. This is my call. We're still here because God's equipped and readied us not to point fingers and throw rocks, but the church that God has called in this nation, in this region, the church that Jesus Christ is building is a church that is call-led rather than position-led. And when the job's done, get out of here. No, no, this is what God's called us to. And the call change, I mean, who we called to be to, uh, is never going to change. But how we serve, where we serve, and how we go about it, it does change. But the call of God, friends, and I want to tell you, well done. I know some of the guys in this room, the pastors and the leaders, and everyone, well done. But pastors and leaders, well done to you for staying the course. Not only did you have to lead your own life, your own family, but you had to lead people through this crazy, crazy, crazy. And no seminary and no degree and no Bible college no podcast and no book's going to tell you how to do that. They didn't teach us this at Bible college, did they? None of us wanted to be TV evangelists. Now everybody's a TV evangelist. It is terrible. So I've watched some of you. Stop. It's time to go back in your building. And let me just tell you that the whole challenge of the season wasn't to get the church online. It was to get the church out of the building but not just online, and we're doing ministry online. No, God's got a plan, and so I'm here to just say well done to you, but these crazy times we're living in, God's done some crazy things and good things. And I think the best way to describe what we've gone through and going through is we're all in the same storm. This is a global storm, but we're all in very different boats. Coming into this next season, it requires us to deal with the stuff that needs to be dealt with in our own boats. Don't look at other people's boats. Don't look at what everyone else is doing. Let's not start copying and in, in, uh, doing what everyone else is doing. Let's deal with the stuff in our own boats. Same storm globally. Every congregation and church that we partner with in thousands and thousands of churches all over the world all got hit with the same storm. But it wasn't a one-size-fits-all. It wasn't a fix-it-this-way. It's all of us dealing with stuff in our own lives, in our own families, in our own regions, in our own local churches, and coming back to the things that matter. Have you sorted out your boat? This moment we've been in, has not paused the mission God's got us on. God never stopped what He was doing in this crazy season. Maybe God paused what we were doing to remind us again of what He is doing and to remind us that without Him we can't do anything. 
And we claim that and we read that, and John 15 has probably become the most preached text in the church over this crazy season. But Jesus made it pretty clear. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What we were doing is doing stuff and tagging Jesus on, adding Jesus in it, making room for Jesus when we don't know what to do, but most of us knew what to do, so we just carried on and hoped that Jesus was in it. And then, boom, it all shut down. We all to come back to what's the most important thing. We're going to have a session this afternoon on lessons from lockdown because we want to learn together. But I want to tell you the greatest lesson for me is that the Lord of the work is way more important than the work of the Lord. And I would, in 2019, stand here and tell you that, but I probably didn't believe that because I was so busy with the work. And, and then the work for what I'm called to do, to travel and go, that's my calling. I was locked up, shut down in America. You heard about us, right? You have. I've been here a couple of days. I listen to your news. You like to talk about us all the time. All our dramas. You got some here too, just so you know. But anyway, we'll move on. I was stuck in America, and I love America, but I wanted to get out. I needed to get out. And every time I, I don't know, you get into question a whole lot of stuff and, and, and the work. And, and then I realized my faith, my hope, my identity is in the work I do. I'm governed by His work. And the work of the Lord changes all the time. You're listening, pastors. But the Lord of the work never changes. He's the unchanging. Hebrews 13 verse 8. He's the same as yesterday, today, and forevermore. So I want to just challenge us again and again. It's great to sing these awesome songs. Love that we love Jesus. Love that we're here to encounter Jesus. But this I tell you, whatever is to come, it's going to have to be you and I wrapped up in the revelation of Christ Christ alone, all Jesus, only Jesus. And, and again, to tell you, a correct view of Jesus gives us a correct view of everything else. Are you there? And so I've listened, even to this great nation, how some of us are coming alive. These are the end times. Here we go. You end times people are all excited now. And here we go. And it's the mark of the beast. Here we go. And the vaccines and the vaccine passports. And, and listen, I'm not getting political. But I realize that some of us are on this mission. It's all about those things. And and I want to say maybe we're headed there. We definitely are headed there. I, I'm convinced, and I've said this pre-COVID, that I believe Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. I believe that Jesus is coming back while I'm leading NCMI. Have I got a word from him? No. According to my Bible, no one knows, only God. Not even Jesus, just so you all who think you know, you know more than Jesus, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, we won't go there, but I believe Jesus is coming back in my lifetime while I'm leading this team. If I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. If I'm right, it matters. And Paul thought in his day Jesus was coming back and he was wrong. But look how he lived. The early church were convinced that oh, night is over, the end is near, and it wasn't. We are, it didn't happen, but look how they lived. I'm telling you, we are 2,000 years closer than they were. He could, he might, it, it's possible. 
But don't get so caught up in ten, end times that you miss the very purpose and reason God's put us here. It's about mission. It's about getting this gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what Jesus said. And so I listen to guys now. It's all about eschatology. And please don't get offended. Come back. We love you. We need you. I'm also interested in end times. But, but you, 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 a correct view of Jesus will give you a correct view of end times. I do say this, and I know some still get offended by it, but it's true. Uh, our, our Christology determines our ecclesiology. Uh, sorry, our Christology determines our missiology. And our missiology determines our ecclesiology, and our ecclesiology determines our eschatology. Now, for the Kiwis, because we have a few of you here, let me explain what that means. There are. It's good to have some other New Zealanders here. Welcome, you Kiwis. What that simply is, I'm joking, you know I have to say that, but <laughs> listen friends, our revelation of Jesus determines our mission here on earth. It's not about mobilizing the saints to get on with some mission, it's about your revelation of Jesus that forces you, moves you to reach across the aisle, to reach to the people. The disciples were willing to die, put their heads on a block, kill me, cut me up, not for a mission, for their revelation of Jesus. Our revelation of Christ determines our mission, and our mission determines the church. Don't tag mission on. We are birthed in mission as the church. Ultimately, the church plays a major role in eschatology end times. That's why we need a correct view of Jesus. And I think everything in our culture and everything around us is kind of distracting us from or bringing us down or an obscured view of Jesus. That's why we've got to keep contending for this revelation of who Jesus is. Are you, are you with me, friends? Nothing new. But I, I want to suggest that the, earth, the church over the season, the foundation of the church has been ex, exposed globally through this crazy season called COVID. COVID's exposed many things, corruption and all the stuff, the sin of man, the sin of people, it's all out there. But we, the church, we got exposed to. I think so many churches, the foundations of the churches have been built on personalities. Heard about that? Giftings, leadership styles, leadership giftings, patterns, all the stuff that are important, but they are not the foundation. And so in shaking, we've all come back to the foundation, the foundation being Christ. Now we have our foundation right. And I'm convinced coming out of this whatever season, whatever lies next, I'm sure craziness is still waiting for us. I believe if the church is going to come out of this way more effective, because in a sense we've found our bridegroom king again. We've reconnected with our head, and we're going to do way more for him out of love than we will out of duty and religion and responsibility. Many Aussies have tried church, but know this, they've never tried Jesus because they haven't found Jesus in his church. And so in all the shaking, God's brought us back to Christ first in everything. People have said, oh, it was a setback. And listen, I understand leadership, right? We've been set back too. But this was not a setback. This was a setup. I do believe, looking back, 
God set us up. I believe God's been reclaiming His church, taking it back. I've said this many times, it's not the self-indulgent immorality of our culture, but it's the self-sufficient mentality of the church that is hindering God's work through His church. Are you there, friends? Not the indulgent culture out there. It's not, it's not the immorality out there that's destroyed. It's the self-sufficient church who feels like we can do what we can do without Him. And, and He brings us back to how we need to be leaning, me, leaning more on Him. I believe that He's been bringing a greater revelation of Jesus so we can represent Him better in this time and in this season. Now, I've met many guys who said to me, you know, Tyron, Pre-COVID, if only I had more time. If I had more time, I'm telling you, I would give it to Jesus. I, I would spend more time with Him. <laughs> I've never met anyone who didn't say that to me. If only we had more time. And then for some time, some of you, lots of time in some of your states, you, you had a lot of time. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. It's true. I don't know how you got here, but I'm glad you got out your state. But... <laughs> But all of us, for a moment, had more time. So let me, let me ask you, how many of us spend more time with Him? Don't put your hand up, please. Uh, I think we got busy with stuff again. Movies, or what Netflix, or books, or downloads, or podcasts, or... More books on how to come through COVID and how to build a church through COVID when they've never done that, but they wrote books on it. And <laughs> we all went on Zoom, we all went online, and, I, and nothing wrong with that. But did we spend more time with him? And, and if we're honest, maybe for a week we did just because we were so worried he's coming back, we wanted to clear everything right. <laughs> Apparently, people said income went up for a week. It's because everyone thought, I better start tithing in case he does come back. <laughs> Sorry, friends. I, I don't mean to make light of this context, but it's, it's been heck for all of us. Well, I realize it's actually not a time thing. It's a priority thing. We make time. Not because we have to, because it's a priority. Now we're back, getting on with things again and getting busy with kingdom stuff. Have we adjusted the priority of Jesus Christ making time for Him first in everything? Or will we be forced to go through another season, be shaken, fall apart, come back again, or would we be willing in this moment to say, you know, it's not up to my leaders or my pastors or the church. It's up to me. My relationship with Jesus is my relationship with Jesus. And others can encourage me and stir me and challenge me through it, but they can't do it for me. So stop blaming others. You, he's not your grandfather. He's your father. So connect with your father. Make room for your father. Connect with him. There's needed a reset. We, we have. I know people say, oh, don't, don't use that word reset. I think reset's good. We had a reset as the church. I know some of you computer guys wouldn't like me saying this, but sometimes when my computer's just messed up and I just unplug it, I wait, I put it in, and then I push, 
it so, somehow resets. I lose a lot, I understand, but it's quicker either way. But I, I kind of feel, see, I, I want to know what God's been doing. Not just what are we doing, what is they doing, what's our government doing. What's God doing? Because God's doing stuff. He's not caught off God. God did not send COVID, but He allowed it. And I know He allowed it because it happened. And he allows these things to fix things, and part of it has been a reset. So maybe you're worried about the reset the world's giving, and maybe that's true. But there's been a reset. Have you been reset in the season, leader, pastor, follower of Jesus? Have you allowed him to reset who we are and bring back to the things that matter most? He's refocused us. We've been too busy doing church at the expense of being the church. And so he's refocused us, and he's got us back to getting our agenda from his word, not from the world. In 2019, November 2019, I was preaching at one of our quips in Toronto, Canada, one of the similar things to this, and the churches in the east coast of Canada, all the guys were there. And I was really stirred by God that, that we need to get back to being praying people. The church needs to get back to praying. And, and listen, when I live in America, America, I'm, I'm, I love America. You get that. That's my home. I mean, anytime the Lord says, come back here, I'm gladly do that. I arrived here with my Aussie passport and I came in as an Aussie and it was awesome. And then they welcome home. And I'm like, well, I'm not really home, but it's good to be here. Even though it was not a person, it was like a, a robot or something. But they, there's this attitude, or was this attitude, that we're just too busy to pray. It's a schedule that is busy, and we just don't really have time. Maybe we can pray in the closet, maybe we can pray at home. But don't call for church prayer meetings. And I, I, was, I watched our guys begin to buy into that lie. Get, our people are too busy. We go, and so we began to tag it on, add it on. Maybe 10 minutes before the meeting, we'll pray. And most of that prayer is all about the meeting, not praying for the nations. <laughs> and people are busy, so let's make it work, and we'll just tag it all on Sunday. It works good. And I get that, friends. I'm not trying to make it hard. But you're going to struggle to find a tag-on prayer meeting in Scripture. And, and that's the drama, is that when a church doesn't pray, look at the nation. God's looking for prayers. We called to pray. And so suddenly, so I began to preach, man, I'm concerned. We got to get back. I love what someone said. Prayer is weakness leaning on omnipotence. I am weak. He is strong. If I can do this without him, I'm not doing what he's called me to do. And the church became a little bit arrogant. Like, yeah, we do the Jesus thing. Yeah, we do the prayer thing. But we got this God. We don't need a prayer meeting. When we need a prayer meeting to pray for God to move His sovereign hand, for God to do what only He could do, for us to dream what we see in the book of Acts, right? Oh, God, I long for what they were walking in the book of Acts. That's how the church started. And then we think, okay, download and an outpouring and another pouring and a new pouring. And, but actually, the church was praying. That's why they were walking in power. But the church was earnestly praying. So I began to preach and say, we need to get back to prayer. And one of our prophetic friends on our team, Ken Grenfell, he lives in Virginia in the U.S., and he had a dream, and he came and told me, I had this dream. I said, oh, that's great. What's your dream? I always get nervous when the prophets have a dream. What, what, 
Was that while I was preaching or when you went to sleep? Did you sleep through my preaching? That's... And he said, I, I, I had this dream. And I said, okay, well, tell me about it. He said, well, I was driving my vehicle, and it was full of people. And I was on my way to a prayer meeting that NCMI was hosting. And he said, I drove past, and I dropped everyone off into the prayer meeting, at their prayer meeting. And I went out and parked my vehicle in the car park. And then I walked out, and, and I was walking towards the prayer meeting. And then I remembered I'd left my Bible and my preaching notes in the, in the vehicle. So he said, I went back to the vehicle to get my Bible and my preaching notes, and the vehicle was gone. It disappeared. And then he said, I was devastated, not that the vehicle was gone, but the notes were gone, and my Bible was gone. And he began walking back to the prayer meeting, and he saw in the, uh, in the car park, on the side of the car park, his Bible lying there, but the notes were gone. He picked up his Bible, and he walked to the meeting. We all walked out and said, where were you, Mr. Premier? And he woke up, and he said this. November 2019, pre-COVID, he said, I feel this is what God's saying, that that vehicle represents the church or ministry. It disappeared. It was taken. But he said, I feel what God's saying is that we, coming out of this and going forward, we need to be a people who are only about the Word of God. Because he didn't find his notes, he found the Bible only. And we need to be a people who are praying, because he was on his way to a prayer meeting. And for me, forgive my ignorance, I was like, that's it, I'm right, I'm preaching right message about prayer. Only to know, a few months later, the whole church globally shut down, disappeared for a minute. And I, I didn't even put two and two together, forgive me. I didn't even think until 2021. I looked at that prophetic word. I phoned him. I said, hey, kid, did you know this was going to happen? Thank God he's an honest prophet. No, he didn't. But friends, everything disappeared for a season. I know the church still functioned. I get that. But ministry as we know it ceased. And so I suddenly realized, hang on, okay, I can't change that. But coming out of this, it's got to be the Word of God and prayer, those two things. Now, I, I don't believe anyone in this room would disagree with that. You go, oh, of course, we know that. It doesn't matter what we know. The Word of God, my dear friends, please hear this this morning. Is not you and I hanging on to a couple of great promises that God promised over us when He didn't. It's not some prophetic word that one of the prophets get up, and I love the prophets here, and we've asked them to speak, but it's not God watching over a prophet's word or even a promise that a pastor gives you or you pick or Joel Osteen gives you in the morning or whatever, and I'm not mocking any of these people. We're hanging on to promises without understanding everything in Scripture links to the purposes of God. Are you listening? The purpose of God's. 